We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world, and all we can think about is where. Where can I hook up my quantum? Digital pen part at work. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. So should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, who are they going to send it to? This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. Hey everyone, this is Kelsey Jones, Managing Editor at Search Engine Journal, and I'm here with Peter Farrago, who is the former CMO of Accompli. He has been in marketing for 20 years, half of that in consumer packaged goods and half in high tech. He's been in Silicon Valley for 10 years, and Accompli was the fourth startup he's worked on. So thank you so much for joining us today, Peter. Oh, thank you for having me. So we wanted to have you on to kind of give our listeners a little bit of an inside view on Silicon Valley and startup marketing and how that's kind of different from traditional marketing. So the first question I had for you today is kind of going into that. How is doing marketing for a startup different than a traditional quote unquote company? Yeah, I think there's a a few things. Um, I'd say scale, resources. Um, areas of focus are probably the three big differentiators, and I'm happy to go through uh, each of those. You know, typically when you're in a startup, uh, the company hasn't created a narrative. We don't maybe even know exactly who our target audience is. We might have a sense, and there may be a vision for the product. The product may be built and shipping. It may be uh, still being worked on the first iteration. It depends what stage you go into. Uh, and so, you know, that would f- create a scenario where you have to basically start with almost a corporate positioning and maybe even understanding um, end users or customers, whoever those are going to be. And, um, you know, you're almost doing a little more um, product marketing, maybe even product management style work in the beginning, trying to understand uh, the marketplace, the audience, the needs, how the product's going to match up against those. Um Resources, of course, you know, you may or may not have a website <laughs> just to begin. Yeah. With. Um, uh, there's a startup I'm going to uh, next and they have a website, um, but it's, you know, it needs to be rethought. Often the company you're going to in a startup is evolving. So the story is also changing. So you may go and there may be an early stage website, for example, that needs work. They may or may not have analytics. They may or may not be at a stage where marketing automation makes sense. Um, so uh, from a resource standpoint, you know, how are you going to get all that done? Are you going to be by yourself? Is there a budget? Uh, is Are there in, in-house resources to help you? Um, all that stuff. Um, and then scale, you know, scale at a small company, typically it's sort of, you know, getting the story locked, getting, understanding what the physics of the business are so you can build activities around the things that count. Um, you don't walk in with a big budget. Um, you don't walk in with several years of history and data, you can look at where you are with your franchise. For example, I was at Electronic Arts and uh, The Sims was my franchise. And, you know, that had been around for several years. And we had, um, you know, for a campaign, I, I had, you know, anywhere from three to eight million when I would launch, you know, at a startup, it's the opposite. You may have three to eight million in total funding that's mm-hmm. supposed to last yeah. everybody for the next several years. Um Uh, until you can get to the next milestone and raise more money. So, you know, the scale is really more about, you know, you're not going to go on TV. You're not going to do print advertising. You're going to probably do a lot of performance-based stuff. Um, And you might be doing early sales enablement. Somebody has got to make the deck. Somebody has to help 
take care of objections for the customers if you're selling in that kind of business. So a lot of it depends on the business itself, of course, the stage of the business. But again, sort of scale resources and focus are really what change, I think, a lot uh, when you're very, very early stage. Yeah, definitely. I know that it's kind of a different mentality when it comes to a startup versus a more traditional company. And I think a lot of companies are now trying to capture that startup or bootstrap mentality because they've seen it work for companies in Silicon Valley that are just getting started and become really, really successful. So speaking of that, Accompli uh, was acquired by Microsoft uh, earlier this year. And I just wanted to kind of ask you about your experiences there. You know, what are some aspects of Accompli's product launch, which they, if you, if those of us who aren't listening don't know, um, Accompli is an email client for your phone. Um, what are some aspects of that product launch that you think any company should also tackle, kind of keeping and keeping that startup mentality in mind? Yeah, no, I mean, um, uh, yeah, so kind of casing out Accompli, when I joined Accompli, they had uh, a very experienced engineering team that was moving very, very fast. And as you mentioned, email was the product they were building. And specifically, they were building more for business users, folks who uh, need to easily attach uh, documents or share or create calendar invites with others. Uh, a lot of things that email doesn't do right now. And so mm -hmm. Um, but the kind of landscape when I was coming in that informed what we needed to do from a marketing standpoint uh, was, okay, so there's no website. Uh, there was no, no logo developed. There was an early placeholder logo. So, I mean, even all the way back to the mark itself, the name had already been uh, selected. Uh, it had already been, had been registered with uh, U.S. You know, PTO, uh, uh, U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. So they'd kind of gone through some of the basics of naming, early logo, registering the mark, had a placeholder uh, uh, landing page, I guess, that was very mysterious <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and not really laid out by a designer. Um, and But they had been building furiously in the background. And that kind of product, you know, email is one of those things that people use differently, uh, depending on who you are. Some people are in box zero and this and that. And so what they were doing that was very, very good was they already had kind of an early user group. Uh, we invested a lot of time and effort in building up a large beta audience because um, the best kind of way to iterate fast is to get a lot of real feedback. And yeah. so um, that allowed us, me included, to really start to understand, well, what's resonating with our end users? What features are we building that they really like and see benefits from? So I could start to kind of think about, I guess, on the, on the highest level, sort of delivering on the promise. What is it, what is it that we're making that's going to improve business users lives on mobile through email help them work better uh, from anywhere um and you know what's that story going to be and i guess in a sense tease out sort of the positioning and and the high level messaging for the company um we also were entering a category that was really mature email itself is mature but then on mobile mm -hmm. there's already a lot of options so if you have an iphone when you open your phone out of the box for the first time there's already an email client there on the bottom strip uh, of four apps it's called but it's already in the dock is what we call it so already yeah. something in the dock and so you've got to convince an end user that that free app that comes preloaded is something they should replace with yours so so you know we knew we had to target an audience that was a little narrower than a broad mobile using audience there was a company called mailbox that had had a lot of success uh, and was bought by uh, dropbox 
uh, already for 100 million as we were entering. So they had already done a good job of saying, hey, we've really improved mobile email for everyone. And so we couldn't do that anymore. And so we had to really focus on that power business user and kind of give an aspirational marketing message, I think. And, um, and that's kind of what we ended up with is this idea that uh, mobile email just got a promotion and now it's your turn. So, you know, went through, I think, a traditional checklist of, um, you know, understanding the product, how we're going to message the product, how that was going to be shown on the website. The website itself just had to be a conversion machine. We were a downloadable app on the App Store and in Google Play. So we really, our online marketing wasn't going to be as important as our App Store marketing. So we really mm-hmm. thought about our product needs to be mobile first. We have to have a very good responsive uh, website uh, that would work obviously well on mobile, all form factors, and really push people to download. So we did a lot of that stuff to get conversion where it needs to be. Also, because we were coming in a little bit later and we wanted to look a little more sophisticated, we spent a lot of money on a on a couple of sort of TV style uh, uh, videos, TV ad style videos, like very high end videos, um, and, and you know that be, would become hero assets. Uh, and then uh, the other thing that we really lean into is PR. Um, I have, uh, you know pretty solid background of PR myself and and I've just continued to find it the most efficient way to get <laughs> to get known as fast as you yeah. can like if awareness is the number one thing awareness interest desire action that kind of basic acronym we think about if awareness is number one PR is still the best way to drive top of the funnel demand gen push people to your website have your website be a conversion machine and so on uh, we also wanted to ha- kind of have thought leadership and I think we had that because the team itself was very experienced so we had a very long extended kind of, I'd say, media relations campaign. And what I mean by that is I just, the CEO and I would just go meet with every uh, solid press contact we had. We also hired an agency. Even though I've done run PR myself as part of marketing a couple of times, I, we still invested in an agency to help us really get, you know, what was perceived, I think, as a very experienced, um, very experienced, accomplished team who is now coming into this space to, to change email. And we really wanted that story to get out there and and, and, and launch with a bang. Uh, the other part, too, and this is just really kind of channel marketing is how I think about it. You know, uh, one of the best ways to get discovered on the App Store is to get featured by Apple. So we did invest a lot of time. Uh, you know, CEO and I went and met with Apple and managed a relationship there to do our best to get featured by them so that, you know, discovery would be easier on the App Store. So I think that was kind of it. It was this you know, what's the story? What's the positioning? Are we targeting the right end user? Do we have the right benefits? Are we expressing that powerfully, crisply in a compelling way through our website? Does our website convert well? The demand gen is really coming through PR, you know, can we maximize that? And so as a result, I think we had an exceptional launch. Um, we kind of broke it into two pieces. We announced our funding first because we were backed by a tier one VC and um, and then, you know, about six to eight weeks later, we, we launched the app and had another kind of cycle of big press. And it, and it turned out to be uh, really excellent for us. It sounds like one thing that Accompli did really well is find a really niche audience in a really competitive field. And I think that that's something that many new businesses and new online businesses don't do correctly is they try to, you know, capture as many people as one at once and have as, you know, any traffic is good traffic. And so I think definitely one thing that you guys did well was find, okay, we need to focus on improving email for the business owner, not everybody. 
Right. Yeah. You know, it's funny because marketing research, I would say, in that kind of set of strategic activities, what I guess a more classically trained marketing person would call STP, segment targeting positioning, that's usually a lot of work and analysis. And when you're in a bigger company like I was or, or a company back when I was in my foods marketing, you know, production would be pretty long lead. At EA production was long lead. The Sims 2, for example, took two years to build. So you have a lot of time, frankly, to, yeah. to try to really understand your audience. And you do very expensive high-end segmentation studies with you know outside research firms with a bunch of PhDs. But, but my point is that there's still a set of activities you go through to really kind of validate, I guess, who's that right target audience. Um, and then I'd say uh, what's changed, I think, especially over the last 10 years from this idea of figuring all out before you uh, launch because building it takes a long time and it's very expensive and you only get one chance to ship something that's a physical product to a store. Now we're in the digital world where you get a lot of continuous feedback. And so you can more rapidly iterate A-B tests. A lot of things I think your audience really understands inherently because they're more, I would assume, digital marketers. But yeah, because we were shipping a product um, kind of with a launch-like event, we really needed to understand and nail that a little bit earlier. That large beta audience we were using really helped validate that our product would deliver. Um, and we went through, I wouldn't say a formal process of trying to figure out that messaging, but we spent a lot of time coming up with what would really resonate. Um, just putting your heads against it uh, for a while can help. Um, but then I'd say, you know, once you launch, though, uh, you know, we were very good at... Um, leveraging a lot of incoming data feedback loops to really just kind of check our assumptions and tune. And in particular, I had a great partner in um, the co-founder, uh, co-founder VP of engineering, Kevin Henriksen is his name, is a, is just really understands uh, data, you know, how to set up a data system and how to set up a feedback loop. And he and I were, uh, you know, literally sat next to each other and um, it was really invaluable to have that kind of technology marketing partnership where, we would both be getting a lot of data back, um, you know, for the product he's directing the the development on and the product that I'm trying to introduce <laughs> to the world and get, get adoption on. So, you know, we tuned, uh, we tuned a lot after we launched too, but we really did come out and sort of stick with the same positioning because I think we wanted to nail that and not deviate from it. Yeah. I think that that, the, the prep work that you guys did before the launch, I think was clearly evident because it was just kind of smooth sailing. And I feel like, like you said, you only get one chance to launch. And since people's attention spans, especially for apps, are so short now, you really have to do it right. And so I think having that prep mentality and getting it near as perfect as you can before you take something public is definitely something that anybody in any company or online platform could use themselves. So um, one other thing I kind of wanted to ask you about today was I know when you and I had spoken in the past, you had said that it, one thing that Accompli did well also was kind of have a dream team of skilled people to work in this product instead of just cobbling a bunch of people together to create just another email app. And that dream team of experienced, specialized people is really what helped you guys be so successful. How can we as marketers, which, you know, our audience at Search Engine Journal is mainly marketers and consultants in the digital space, how can we use that mentality of preparation and creating our own dream team in our own companies and, you know, any project product launches that we're doing? Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, uh, 
it's a valid question. It's a difficult one. I mean, I, I think, uh, I think the way, maybe a way to think about it is, um, how I choose which companies I join. Um, just cause I've, you know, I'm kind of entering, you know, I've become, uh, you know, sort of my career seems to be head of marketing of early stage, uh, VC backed startups in Silicon Valley. And, and basically that means they're all tech companies. So, um, the way I thought about that team being a dream team, as you referred to, was sort of the headline for me when I met them was it was a been there, done that team that was still hungry. And and what I meant was like, you know, the CEO had had a had built a company that was very successful and sold to VMware for four hundred million. Um, the other two co-founders uh, had been, you know, had built a successful email enterprise company in the online days and sold to Yahoo for I think about three hundred fifty million. And and so my point is that these guys had experience building uh, something from nothing and scaling it to be a, a legitimate uh, company. Uh, and there's a lot of kind of, you know, I don't know, startup sausage making that goes along with it. You know, there's a lot of stuff from how do I, you know, what, what do you do when and, and how do you show traction and momentum? And so there's kind of that startup experience, I guess I would say that when I thought about the dream team. And then in this particular case, they just had very uh, deep domain experience in email in particular. So the back end, the server engineering team, which is, you know, uh, the server engineering team had been working together, I, the core group for 12 years across several companies. So they were just a unit that stays together and always on mm -hmm. email. And so there was this deep domain experience that added that. And then the client teams are Android and iOS client teams that basically have been building, had combined shipped 100 apps for iOS and Android, Wow. Uh, uh, you know, as consultants or, or uh, running contract, many, you know, contract dev firms or just being involved with companies. So, so just everybody was really skilled. And I'd say the other part here in terms of the idea for dream team and maybe how it could better apply to your uh, audience is that um, these guys were pretty, I think pretty savvy to think that marketing was important. I know that sounds self-serving, but <laughs> to think that marketing <laughs> Marketing seems important early on, and, and they, they got that. And I think they brought, I felt like I got to come in, all things considered, for a, a traditional marketer, it might have seemed like a tight launch window, but for me, it was, it was plenty of time uh, kind of thinking about the, the deadlines I usually work with. So getting there ahead of time to really think about what was going to make for a really good marketing plan to develop uh, you know, the targeting, to think about the messaging and all the activities we're going to do to drive the business forward. Uh, was really uh, useful. And I'd say, you know, a lot of times uh, you just don't spend enough time on some of these other things that are going to be critical. Most of the time is spent on building the product and then kind of marketing is sort of a an afterthought that kind of gets put together um, kind of at the end. And I'd say for maybe if your audience is a lot of consultants that work with other companies, it's probably, I think, how they'll relate to my answer better, uh, that's my intuition, is that, you know, they probably work with a lot of companies where they start getting together with them already when it's a little too late because the team mm -hmm. they're working with has thought about marketing as an afterthought. I mean, you can come in and do an SEO analysis for them for on-page, off-page, but to get quality backlinks, you're going to have to work your PR. You're going to have to have a good content strategy. Content's getting even harder now to get distribution on and backlinks for to help, you know, on our Google search engine reward you, right? So, yeah. so there's all these things, you know, SEM can be expensive and, you know, people can be very good at AdWords and testing and all that, but um, it just depends on the phase of the business when you come in. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
if I'm thinking about a specific entrepreneur who has a team, then I think it's about, and try to create a dream team, then I think it's about a, a good division of labor. Uh, you know, what do you really need to, to do well to have kind of a complete total, you know, marketing package is kind of the way I think about it. And I'm frankly in the middle of thinking that about the, the startup I'm going to join next week where uh, I've got to think about, well, you know, there's going to be about a team of five by the end of the year. And, you know, what should that look like? It's kind mm -hmm. of like playing soccer where you really want 11 players on the field, but you only, <laughs> get, you only get five. So you're kind yeah. of trying to get creative about what can we cover in the interim? What's, you know, brutal prioritization, that sort of thing. I think at the end of the day, what I would say about kind of dream team is having a sense for what are the skills and types of work that's going to be really critical and then really making sure those right things are covered. And then there's a whole, uh, you know, additional level, I'd say, around how to work together and good process and other stuff that, you know, we could go on for a long time with, but the teamwork aspect of it, but in coordination, but, but I would say that's kind of how I'd start thinking about those things. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And I, and I think, you know, some of the things you touched on like teamwork and staying hungry are probably something we could cover in a whole different podcast, but right. you know, uh, we're running short on time today. So I just want to, uh, give you a big thank you from us here at marketing nerds and search engine journal for joining us today. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thanks so much. Yeah. Um, and again, this was this Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.